coming up today on Podcast 1990. Cybertruck delivery emails start going out, VW's directional power, and the new Porsche Macan EV. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Hyundai just said about going racing in their new Ionic 5. N. Well, I'm Martin Lee. It's EV News Daily, and I go through hundreds of articles, feeds, and stories a day, so you don't have to. We're live at 8am UK, that's 5am Eastern, to start a brand new day with all you need to know. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Well, Tesla prepares customers for the upcoming Cybertruck by sending out their prepare for delivery emails to US customers of its Cybertruck, signaling imminent deliveries. The emails follow the Cybertruck delivery event at Giga Texas on November 30th, where the first 10 vehicles were handed out. Hundreds, maybe thousands of customers in, we think, California and Texas mainly, have had these emails inviting them to finalise their order. You've only got one choice, though. If you are hoping for your $40,000 Cybertruck, you won't be in luck. If you receive one of these emails, all you can do is spec the Foundation Series. That is the $120,000 Cybertruck. Now, customers from those like the forums at Cybertruck Owners and the Twitter user Tesla Owners SV have got those emails after completing the order formalities in the mobile app. Although no VIN numbers... Oh, sorry, it's rather VINs, because VIN is vehicle identification numbers. No need to say numbers twice. Um, or specific delivery dates have been provided. The emails suggest imminent deliveries before the year end. Although I must say I've heard of cases with Tesla where these emails have gone out, the prepare for delivery, and it's been a significantly longer time. So we'll wait and see doesn't guarantee immediate delivery. Tesla has stated it has the capacity to build 125,000 Cybertrucks per year. Mass deliveries obviously are still yet to be seen. But what about those that want to maybe get their truck, drive it for six months, and then pass it on to somebody who wants to enjoy it? Well, they won't be in luck. Tesla has reintroduced their policy of preventing you selling your Cybertruck. They threaten you with a $50,000 lawsuit if you do try and sell it. It's an anti-flipping clause, and it first appeared, and there was much public outcry from the community, and it was then removed because Tesla thought, okay, that's unfair. You can't stop people selling a vehicle. Their circumstances might change, they might lose their job, they might have to sell it after a period of time. I understand that you don't want people buying it for 120 and then selling theirs to, you know, VW, GM, Ford, whatever. Uh, they, 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 we always see the sort of Hummer on eBay for twice the price, and other car manufacturers, no doubt, would love to get a Cybertruck, tear it apart and understand what the fuss is about. So I understand the anti-flipping element, and I, you know what, also, if you get one of these vehicles, I know I'm being idealistic here, and I'm sort of looking through the world through, looking at the world through eyes that not everyone has, I'd love people to get these vehicles and drive them, and show them off, and give their friends rides, and family, and take them to events, and I don't want somebody who's waited four years for this vehicle to get it, flip it, make some money, maybe a hundred grand, I understand that's human nature and needs must and all that, but I kind of, the romantic in me would like like every Cybertruck owner to get it, enjoy it, drive it, love it or not and pass it on if they don't love it. But either way, not to flip it, but there we go. I know, you know, life is life and I can't be like that sometimes, but the new contract says you can't do that. There has been uncertainty regarding the specifics of the policy though. And without a PR department, Tesla can't provide any clarification on what exactly the policy does and doesn't cover. Those unaware of it before paying the $250 non-refundable order fee should have a think about whether they want to sign that order form. I don't think anybody should 
act in bad faith, but also you should be allowed to sell your possessions if you want to. Difficult, isn't it? It's an interesting one. Uh, delivery times for the cyber beast. That's the top of that's the marketing term for the top of the range one, and the all-wheel drive cyber trucks is still slated officially as 2024 and the more affordable versions perhaps 2025 or later. Now, Volkswagen has introduced a new software update to enable bidirectionality. Let me just press a little pause button on this because I've seen some breathless commentary on this today, which says, oh, you can now power your home from your Volkswagen if it has the big battery, the 77 kilowatt hour. That's not actually this. I want it to be true because I'd go out and buy a big battery ID3 base model tomorrow, you know, the one with only four seats, and they're going for silly low money at the moment over here, the original ones, and hopefully get a software update for that and use it to power my home and have a little play for six months. It looks like the ID3 is a pretty cool car, uh, but this isn't it. However, a new software update does enable bidirectionality in the ID family, the big battery, as I say. It's software 3.5 or higher. It's vehicle to home, not vehicle to grid. And that's because in order for vehicle to grid to work, you well, you have to work with charging manufacturers to and to ensure that a lot of complicated technical stuff is worked out so that if there's a power cut, you're not feeding electricity electricity back down the line to hurt the workers fixing it. That's all very doable. That's not particularly difficult. It just needs some thought and it happens all the time around the world. However, um this is a specific thing with Hager or Hager Energy in Germany. So if you have their battery system, and this is in Germany for now, if you've got their home battery system, and I, for instance, I've got the Solar Edge system, many of you listening will have the Tesla Powerwall, uh, it allows the EV to top up the home battery when the home battery gets low. So maybe it's a cloudy day or there's no sunshine, you're not generating, or you charged your battery on cheap rate overnight and you've depleted it. Your car can then say, ah, my home battery is low. I'll dump a bunch of energy from my car to my home battery. The home battery is then hardwired and integrated into your home system to provide all of your devices with electricity. And it will then not go below 20% state of charge on the car, so it won't leave you hanging. And other manufacturers like Tesla are on board now with Vehicle to Home with their power share, which I, th- I think, I know Cybertruck owners don't like me saying this, uh, and I've said it on the Batteries Included podcast that I do on Fridays with the gang, um, the Cybertruck delivery event was a real nothing burger for me. It was, I mean, Elon looked unprepared and the crowd were in a kind of weird mood. And the most exciting thing about that event for me was PowerShare. This is awesome. Like for years, Tesla have said, no, we're not doing vehicle to home. It, just get a home battery. Uh, it's stupid. It's daft. And then overnight, they're like, oh, no, we're doing it. And it's called PowerShare. And I think that's really, really cool. I can't wait to find out more details about it. Of course, Ford, let's give them credit with the F-150 Lightning implementing their bidirectional charging. Uh, Sunrun will install that if you get an F-150 Lightning. And again, that is using the CCS connector at the moment. I suppose that'll move over to the NAX connector at some point uh, in order to power your home. All of these things require extra electrical engineering in your home and some extra thought, but all very, very doable. This Volkswagen update is not that, but it's a first step. And well done, VW, because you're only 18 months late with this. Uh, you know, tongue slightly in cheek, but not really. This was last summer you were meant to launch this, so almost 18 months late. 
I'm sure VW have been trying hard. Now, talking of the Ford F-150 Lightning, production is being tweaked, which, of course, the minute production gets reduced at anything electric, then all of the websites that like to bash EVs, go full into this story. Volks, uh, sorry, Ford announced a reduction in their weekly production of the F-150 Lightning pickup truck for the upcoming year uh, to match consumer demand. Uh, the production at Ford's Rouge EV Centre in Dearborn, Michigan, will be adjusted to 1,600 F-150 Lightnings a week from 3,200. Uh, Ford spokesperson Emma Berg said the company will align the production with demand. That makes absolute sense because that's what I would do if I was selling a product that had customers, I would align it with the demand of that. Ford has postponed $12 billion of investments, not cancelled, but postponed. That can't be uh, avoided. That was certainly some news which I think surprised some people as maybe the bean counters at a lot of these big car companies. Only for a while, the tech leaders were in charge, and I think getting their own way in the boardroom. And for now, the bean counters are getting their own way in the boardroom. And that will flip-flop from, you know, over the next years and decades as demand and supply gets aligned. The readjustment reflects Ford's assessment of the market, anticipating challenges in finding buyers over their production projected numbers. Ford has introduced things like the F-150 Lightning Flash. That's a moderately priced trim, taking the best trim bits from what they've seen their customers want already. Entirely sensible. Uh, They were the first to partner with Tesla, of course, on NAX, the North American charging standard. And I think got a lot of credit for that. Jim Farley is uh, not one that shies away from appearing either publicly or having conversations on Twitter with Elon Musk. And uh, I wouldn't say... Ford is in bed with Tesla, but they're probably closer than someone you know like Volkswagen. And uh, now that Herbert Diess has gone, so very interesting to see that Ford are just tweaking things. Of course, you can imagine the headlines, can't you? It's disaster in EV world as the production numbers uh, go down. But very sensible, and I'm sure they'll come back up again. Right. Leave us turned on because we're going to talk about the new Porsche Macan. The embargo lifted, and now we can finally talk about all of the interesting specs and details about the new Macan, which, you know, thought, you thought the Taycan was good. The Macan looks like it's going to be really, really good. Uh, we've got some price reductions for Genesis, and we'll talk about, for my US listeners, the tax credit, because there are some really good EVs that will still get the full tax credit next year. Stick around. And if you'd like your podcast ad-free, and you might not be bothered, you might be fine with the free version and skip the ads as I do on podcasts, or or listen to the ads if they're good ones. And if you'd like your podcast ad-free, you can do that by signing up to Patreon with the legends on there, our roll call of heroes who put the show on the air. Uh, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Daily. It's how we're powered. Now let's talk about the Hyundai Arnic 5 N. That's their most powerful and high-performance EV, inspiring a dedicated racing championship in South Korea next year. Well, during a customer event in South Korea, details emerged about the EN1 Cup. A race version of the Arnic 5N is going to be prepared. Uh, that's all that will race, a single series, bigger, broader dimensions, aggressive bumpers, big rear spoiler, and uh, motorsport bits like the wheels and stuff changed. The race-tuned EN1 Cup will have cars that are 250 kilograms lighter than the standard Arnic 5N. Uh, It's still going to be sort of a two-ton vehicle, isn't it? It's a massive battery inside it. However, they will have polycarbonate for the windows. There'll obviously be no interior, just a roll cage and race, race seat and things like that. 
uh, braking power from six piston calipers and the ride height of course will be changed and uh, you know all the racing stuff will be added the Arnic 5N's dual electric motors won't be changed so 478 kilowatts of power 0 to 63.4 seconds on the road going version and uh, we'll see uh, when they start racing. We think that that could be February, March time uh, when we get more details. Now, I love the idea of going racing with electric power. I, f- I feel like we've been let down a little bit. I want to love Formula E, but I don't. Um, I want to love electric rally cross, but I don't. Um, I've got no spectacle yet because honestly, with racing, I kind of like the noise. And so they've said that they will enable the artificial driving sound. Uh, the, the, it's called N-Active Sound or something in the Ionic 5N to make electric cars sound like they're popping and banging and burning things. Let's see how that sounds. I don't think it's needed because you are recreating something that's not there. But let's not write it off before it's begun. Uh, we'll wait and see. Porsche's new McCann is a big deal. The embargo lifted today, so we can finally talk about it. We've got all the juicy specs and all the YouTube, various YouTube videos coming out. My buddy Kyle, uh, Kyle Connor from OutSpec, uh, has got a, an hour-long-plus nerd Supremo video, uh, and that's super cool to go watch. Porsche been showing off their new McCann EV uh, in Germany at Leipzig, highlighting the significance of their new platform. It's called the PPE platform, and it's going to be underpinning Porsches and Audi in the future. It's a key model because the Taycan sold well, but the McCann will sell better. It's got over 300 miles or 500 kilometres of WLTP range. That could be 250 on EPA, but I suspect it'll be higher when they test it. And they've used all of the knowledge from the Taycan and the e-tron GT to make the McCann really special. Preemptive heating, preemptive cooling of the batteries based on where you're going to charge. And innovative battery designs. They call it bank charging, which I need to find out what bank charging is, but they say it allows faster charging than the Taycan. 100 kilowatt hour battery pack, over 270 kilowatt DC fast charging, 80% charge in 22 minutes. I mean, that's a basically find the fast enough charger you can, stop, comfort break, back, go. And that's it. That 22 minutes is done and dusted. You can add 60 miles of range if you need a little splash and dash in four minutes. What? This podcast has been going on for 14 minutes already. Uh, well, the vehicle has a new generation nickel-cobalt manganese lithium-ion battery with 12 modules, each containing 15 prismatic cells and a carbon fibre protection underneath because people might want to do some soft roading with their McCann, I imagine, or probably they'll do the school run with it, let's face it. They're proud of the latest enhancements in battery management, which they say will ensure peak power through the charge curve, not just plug it in at, you know, 5% low state of charge and a little wham-bam, thank you, ma'am little nibble of the top charge speed then before it ramps down and is super slow they say this will maintain a decent charge speed through the curve which after all is what it's all about genesis next in the news and they're introducing next year's advanced model for the u.s market of the g80 that's a great uh, a great vehicle if you want a, a bit of wafty luxury now it's got a five thousand dollar reduction so it's 75 grand which is still an expensive car obviously i'm not pretending it's not a uh, top tier prestige model is 80 grand now which gets a smaller decrease from the outgoing model 282 miles epa i think from memory on that and so again a very very decent luxury ev if you're in the market for that rivian are reconfirming their shift to or their their battery developments with their korean battery supplier samsung amid some downsizing of their own in-house battery cell development team around 20 workers we think according to linkedin posts have left the 
company at Rivian. Despite a small amount of layoffs in their own battery cell development team, they say that they are reaffirming their partnership with Samsung for the battery packs as they work towards the next generation vehicles in 2026. The R2 line will be built in their six, no, $5 billion plant in Georgia dedicated to the R2. So obviously got the R1S and the R1T at the minute. And finally, now we're heading towards a brand new year rapidly and the tax credit will be changing in 2024. It becomes a point of sale discount with the dealers now. Uh, but what EVs will be eligible for the full federal tax credit next year? Well, I picked out just 10 because it's interesting. If you can still get a Bolt, despite not being produced after the end of the year... You're going to get a stellar deal because dealers will be clearing their lots. It's going out of production for a year or two before they introduce the new one. And the Bolts will still get the $7,500 federal tax credit, making it an under $20,000 vehicle. And the Bolt is great and never gets talked about. And it's going and it's really sad. The Chevy Equinox will get it. The Ford F-150 Lightning at four nine nine forty nine That entry price for that vehicle... Anything under 80,000 MSRP, which is the cap for federal tax credits. The Model 3 Performance, which is 51,000, that's, again, a a really special vehicle and would still get the full federal uh, tax credit. But we think that the long-range model gets the reduced credit because of the battery sourcing. And so it would be not much more expensive to upgrade from a long-range with a little tax credit to a performance with the big tax credit if you are fully eligible and getting a real beast on your driveway. The Chevy Silverado should ship in more numbers next year. Uh, the first edition, of course, is hundred grand too expensive, but the WT variant, more affordable, is going to be sort of 50-something, and that would qualify. Uh, the Model Y, by the way, from Tesla, the Model Y Performance, again, fully eligible for the full tax credit, and even I guess even if you added full self-driving and ticked all the options list, you'd still get it. Uh, The Chrysler Pacifica, that's a plug-in hybrid, but it's got quite a decent battery on that, 16 kilowatt hours. And because of the way that the wording of the agreement is written or the federal tax credit, you still get the full amount, even with a plug-in hybrid and a 16 kilowatt hour battery. But you'll be burning stuff. Not sure I agree with that. Well, no, I am sure. I don't agree with it. Uh, The Chevrolet Blazer EV is uh, 60 grand. Nice performance-oriented SUV. Nice design on I love the Blazer. Uh, The Lyric, again, I think the Lyric's got a great look and it's under 80k and it's going to have things like GM Supercruise and the big sunroof and you get your tax credit on that. And finally, if you can base spec a Model X for 79,990, then you'd have to forego any extras. You get your base colour, no yoke steering wheel, no seven-seat configuration. You do get Falcon wing doors, of course. I've got to tick that on the options list. comes with all Model Xs, which is one of the most impressive bits of the car, and you get it. Well, that's our podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie, and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, Global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments providing all the tools and guidance ev drivers need have a good and see tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid